Hi, welcome to Paris in New York City. In my first episode, I had given you an introduction of how I viewed myself when dating, which was similar to how many women that I know that are single feel. The daily struggle of being torn between having to please men or what we think men want when dating in order to try to get to the next level of having an established relationship and hopefully it turning into marriage one day. In the second episode, I walked you through a very real and raw journey of my personal struggle in an attempt to save myself and get out of a relationship that was very traumatizing to me, but that I seemed to want to stay in, not because I was in love, but because I did not love myself. I introduced you to the beginning of the amazing woman that is now here talking to you. The journey is not complete as I feel elevating myself is a task that takes work every day, but which I have fully embraced and now I am able to forgive myself when I do mess up. This past weekend was a wild one full of going out and drinking way too much tequila that ended up leading me to make poor decisions that I am not proud of. The old Paris would have set herself down a spiral of regret and anger, but the new Paris now knows how to be graceful and look for the root cause of those emotions that stirred those actions. Forgive herself and move forward. So this weekend I ended up calling my ex, yup, that same guy that traumatized me the last two years. There was really no need for the call. I do not miss him at all in the slightest bit. I was not trying to meet up with him. I was actually on my way to meet up with someone else that I do like and enjoy my time with. I cannot tell you what the conversation was because I do not even remember it myself. However, once I heard his voice, the only thing that crossed my mind was, thank God I'm not with him anymore. I was upset about it because I had reached out. This was the first time since I had broken up with him. One thing about me is that I'm good at cutting people off and never communicating with them at all. Even if I think of them, they would never know because I would never, under any circumstances, reach out and open the door to fall back into a vicious cycle that I know all too well. I believe this call was triggered by a series of conversations that I had with a friend of mine in which she was sharing the wild ways in which her friend had cut her guy cheating. I had shared with her a few of my stories in which I had caught my ex, as well as several exes before him cheating. What was I trying to gain from calling him? Nothing, really. There was no purpose. Just once the phone started to ring, he picked up so fast that I did not even have time to process what was happening and why I was engaging. He was with a female and he must have had me on speakerphone because she started to yell and curse, which I thought was so stupid. I felt so bad for her. I hope she doesn't fall for him because she will just be the next one he puts through his ring of fire. I would like to hope that by now he has done some inner work on himself and he will have become a better person for the next girl, but that's something that only God knows. Either way, once that call ended, I right away reached out to my closest friend and told her about it. I was so upset at myself, but it's good to surround yourself with people that don't judge you and that give you the serenity you need when you're frantic about a situation. Her words were graceful as they always are and she made me feel better about the situation. Since then, I've been doing my own work on forgiving myself for it. I'm not perfect and I'm bound to mess up every once in a while. It is what being human is about. I realized that I've been feeling so good about myself lately that I had stopped doing the things that censor my energy and that balance my emotions. I haven't been consistent with the gin and I haven't been to yoga in forever. So the first thing I did Monday morning after that weekend was go to the gym at 5.30 a.m. I absolutely hate going after work and have been making excuses about being too tired to go before work. But that's all it is, excuses. I created an action plan for myself that also includes limiting alcohol consumption going forward. I also realized that I have been entertaining a toxic situationship with someone that triggers me because he reminds me a bit of my ex and that played some part. 
I have to come to realization of what part of my attraction to this person is, the parts of me that I still have to heal and remove those accordingly. Anyways, this episode is not about that. I wanted to share a few of those stories that my friend and I have been discussing over the phone prior to this incident. In my journey to leave the past behind, I have forgotten about them. They just were no longer important, but wild nonetheless. So I'm going to take you back to about 14 years ago or so. I had been dating someone I went to high school with for the majority of my 20s. Eight years and change to be exact. This person was just as toxic as my ex had been. We had the same vicious cycle of him being caught doing dumb shit, me leaving him, him chasing me nonstop, and also showing up everywhere, and then eventually ending back together again. I now realize that I never put in the work then to heal the way I've been doing now, and therefore found myself in the same situation with a different devil, which is why it's so important to heal and work on yourself, to learn and grow from your experiences before ignoring it and just jumping into a relationship with someone new. So the first time I caught this person cheating on me, we had gone into an argument and he had left my apartment around 11 p.m. He usually slept over and went to work the next morning from my place. Back then, there was no such thing as sharing location. I had called him at some point and he didn't answer. This is something that had happened often between us. We would fight at least three times out of the week. But that night, I had a feeling that he had not gone home and was up to no good. Call it woman's intuition, if you will. I did not have a car yet and my daughter was little. I remember calling my mom and making up some excuse as to why I wanted to leave her with her for a few hours and renting a zip car. My ex owned several retail stores in Manhattan and I was certain he was at one of them. So I drove in chronological order from the Bronx to each store that was closest as I drove downtown. He wasn't at the first nor second store, but the third store that was located on Lexington in the Upper East Side had the gates up and the lights were turned on. His car was parked in front. I found parking across the street and just sat there for a few moments. Part of me was scared to be caught, part of me felt stupid to be stalking him, and part of me knew something was not right and that I would find what I was looking for. I eventually saw him coming out of the back of the store, and he was with one of his store managers. I felt relieved and was angry at myself for having woken up my daughter and spending money on a car rental just to drive around for nothing, but relieved that at least he wasn't doing what I feared he was doing. Him and his manager were just at the computer, probably going over numbers. This man was not successful just because. He was successful because I have never met someone so determined and passionate about getting to the next level. I will say that he did inspire me a lot and I admired his work ethics, even for years after our relationship ended. I like to give credit where credit is due, as he had come from the projects and had not been given one handout to get him to where he was at. A symbol that if he could do it with all the odds stacked against him, then anyone could. I was about to pull out of the parking space and go home when a couple walking up the block in my direction caught my attention. This was a pretty white neighborhood and they looked out of place. The guy was tall and was dressed pretty ghetto and the girl was also tall but her outfit was as if she was going to a club. At this point in my life, I had never been to a club. I had my daughter before I turned 21 and my life consisted of work and home. The only time I went out was for dinner and a drink at a bar. Regardless, I was home by midnight because my mom did not stay with my daughter for me to go out and party. She was very traditional and would tell me that this was the effect of my decision to have a child and would remind me that she never went out if she was unable to bring my brother and I with her. So midnight was the most she could do for me once a week. I am forever grateful because she at least allowed me that liberty to have a few hours to go on dates with my ex. However, I was well aware that in this part of the Upper East Side, there were no clubs or even bars that would require that type of outfit. So curiosity, along with that feeling in my stomach, told me to sit and wait. 
The guy parted ways with the girl at the corner, and she walked right up to my ex's store and knocked. The store manager opened the door for her and locked it after she had entered. All three of them stood by the computer for a bit. They had handed her a white envelope, and she had disappeared into the back room and out of sight to me. The store manager had gone into the back room with her, and my ex just lingered by the doorway with his back turned toward the front of the store. I was across the street and could not see as clearly. I knew that I couldn't go into the store as it had been locked after the woman entered, so I got out of my car and quickly crossed the street. See, the store had a huge posters on the front window that advertised the services they provided there. This served as a good hiding spot. I would occasionally pop my head out so that I could see and go back into hiding. Eventually, the store manager came out of the back room and my ex went in right afterwards. I was pretty naive at this point in my life, but it was obvious what was going on. They had hired a hooker. None of them ever noticed me because I am sure in my ex's wildest dreams, he didn't think that I would show up at that time of night knowing I worked in the morning and had to take my daughter to school. But that's the problem with men. They always underestimate women. He came out of the room and everything happened so fast. They were all three walking towards the front of the door. At this point, they will get to the front before I could cross the street to the car, and the poster I was hiding behind was right in the center of the store window. If I tried to run to the corner, they would see me too. So I just stayed put, and I was unsure what my reaction would be. I just know that I was so full of anger the same way I had been as a teenager that had resulted in me going to anger management therapy and eventually got me kicked out and sent to live with my father. I only had a few seconds to try and practice those techniques that had been taught in therapy all those years ago, but unfortunately for my ex that night, it wasn't enough time. The second he walked out through those doors, I attacked him. He was bigger than me and quite muscular, so not like my small punches could do any harm. I could see in his face how shocked he was. The girl ran off immediately, and his store manager had to pry me off him. This was the first of many incidents of him being caught, the first one and only one where I actively physically caught him. I don't remember for how long we were broken up for after this event. I just know that I still stayed for him for years after that. The problem with that, which was the same problem that I still encountered in this last relationship I was just in, that trust is like a mirror. Once it is shattered, you can glue the pieces back together, but the cracks will always remain and nothing will ever be the same. Our insecurities just became magnified. He became even more possessive of me, probably because he thought I would do the same and maybe I would have had I had the time. But being a single mother is not easy and the lack of help did not allow for that to happen. I became so much crazier after this, always anxious and on edge even if he was just hanging out with his family. Now I look back and wish that we both would have been strong enough to let it go as it never would have worked out even if there wasn't a cultural barrier stopping us from being together. Trust is the main foundation that is needed for a healthy and successful partnership and everyone needs to be able to go out and enjoy themselves or their friends without being scared of the fight it will cause in their relationship. It takes away from each person being able to properly grow and pursue the things they want to achieve and it diminishes the love and the relationship for one another, just creating an insane amount of resentment. The next time I caught him after that was not till years later. I had a similar feeling that something wasn't right, but at this point we were on the phone 24-7, literally. I tried to ration with myself for months that I was just crazy, insecure, and paranoid. Things he often said to me. I could not shake the feeling that he must be up to no good, but I did not know where to look. We had each other's passwords to everything, including email. We did all the toxic shit. Checking phones, social media, calling every two minutes... And when he was off, he was always with me or with his family. I was losing sleep over this, just laying awake at night even after he had gone to sleep. I had become restless. 
The one day I decided that there had to be another phone. But how can I get to his car when he came to visit me without it seeming suspicious? At this point in my life, I had to have some services automated for me because I just did not have the time with working in finance and coming home to cook and take care of my daughter. My laundry was one of the things that I just dropped off and picked up. To be honest, I never did my own laundry till I was 31. I had to call my mom and ask her to teach me how to use a washing machine. But that night, I came up with a plan. I had set a load to wash in the laundromat located in the basement of my building. I made sure to set it right before he came to my apartment. I told him that my daughter needed a specific shirt for school the next day that was dirty. He found this odd but didn't ask me any further questions. Thank God, because I am a terrible liar. He was already comfortable watching TV when my timer went off. He asked if I wanted him to come down with me, and I said no, that he had a long day and should be resting. Another thing he did not question, we were attached at the hip, and had I not been trying to sneak into his car, he most definitely would have had to come down with me. I threw the one shirt I had washing into the dryer and ran across the street to the parking lot. Lucky for me, my neighborhood is terrible with parking, and he lacks patience to look for parking. I told the guy at the garage that my boyfriend had sent me down to get something from his car. The garage guy didn't question me either. The stars were all aligned for me, and he also knew that I was always with him. It did not take longer than three minutes to find a small flip phone. We had been in the era of iPhones by this point, so my heart already knew I was not going to like what I found. I turned the phone off and locked it in my mailbox. There was no way that I could go back upstairs with that. I went back up and was anxious for the time to come for him to leave. At some point, he even had to remind me about the clothes being in the dryer. I was so focused on what I would find that I had forgotten about this so-called important shirt. He usually slept over, but for whatever reason, he said he had to go home that night. I've never been so excited for him to leave. He left, and it was customary after that first incident that we would talk on the phone until he got home. This wasn't because I cared for his safety that much. It was just insecurity that he would stop somewhere and meet with another hooker. This phone call was different, though. He took a lot longer to start driving. I could hear him opening and closing things in his car. I knew what he was looking for, so I asked him, what's wrong? He made up some excuse about having lost a check that he needed to deposit and wanted to stop by the ATM and process that deposit before going home. I was going along with his obvious lie, realizing how good he was at lying. I had asked him several questions. What was the check for? Was it from a customer? Could he tell the customer to put a stop payment on it and reissue it? All questions of a supportive girlfriend that is concerned. I also realized at that moment that I could lie if I wanted to. I was nervous that the garage guy might tell him that I had been at his car, but luckily he still underestimated me, even after the first time, and he didn't even bother to ask the garage guy anything. At this moment, I did not really care if he suspected me. The phone was in my mailbox and he didn't have the key. Even if he had wanted to come back upstairs and search for this so-called check, he wouldn't have found anything. He was becoming more increasingly upset and had started to curse. I was still in my supportive role and had started to tell him that it was okay and not worth stressing over to just contact the person that wrote the check and have them write him a new one, that this wasn't a problem that he couldn't get through. He had no choice but to agree with me and went home. As soon as I knew he was home and he said goodnight, I ran downstairs to get the phone. I did not have a charger for this and did not know what amount of battery life he had left on it. It was a prepaid phone. I'm still sure that I have this phone somewhere in my apartment right now. To my surprise, there was no passcode on it. 
I had laughed at how stupid he could be to have a crazy girlfriend like me and to not even think to put a passcode on his burner phone that he was hiding from me. Or maybe that was just God's graces again. Either way, I did not sleep for the rest of that night, and that was the only time that I laughed after opening up that phone. What I found was disturbing. Hundreds of messages to random numbers. The conversations for most of them were brief. What's the charge? Answer by a rate per hour. What's the location? Answer by an address, all which were within the vicinity of his stores. I assumed that it depended on which location he was at that day. Some conversations ended after that, and some ended with a message from him saying, Here. Some, some messages had pictures attached from the sender. Obviously, woman, I had spent the night googling these numbers and finding their back page profile. For those of you that don't know what Backpage is or was, as I'm not even sure anymore if it still exists, it was a website where women posted ads offering several sexual services. He did not have a type. They were all shapes, sizes, and ethnic backgrounds. He had clearly never stopped his shenanigans. I wasn't as upset as I had expected. There was no crying involved. I was 100% pissed the fuck off and spent part of the night envisioning so many scenarios for me to deal with this. However, I decided that my approach would be to kill him slowly. That next morning when he called, as he always did when he woke up, I was the same as every morning. I did not mention anything to him. I just added that I had not slept well and was a bit tired. Nonetheless, I proceeded with my day as usual, getting my daughter ready for school, dropping her off, and going to work. I was the sweetest girlfriend that day. I had called him during my lunch break, and as I usually did, Surprise, surprise, he was at a cell phone store. He told me another lie about how he had to get a new phone case. I was still surprised by how good and effortlessly he lied, so at that moment I had decided to torture him a bit. I'm a Scorpio, and he had just activated petty revenge mode. I went along with his lie, even asking him to show me a picture of his new case, which he did send. He knew that he was going to have to buy a new one in order to keep up with his lie about being there for a case and not to buy another prepaid phone. At the time, I had a page that was similar to Paris and NYC. I've always been a writer and always felt my purpose in life was to express my writing to the world. So I had a website in which I wrote articles about beauty, fashion, relationships, and sex, as well as an Instagram page for it in which I uploaded pictures with quotes and short writing snippets. I'm going to take a pause here to say that this game I was playing was toxic for the both of us, and by all means, I do not encourage it. But I was so filled with anger and did not want to explode like I had the first time that I felt making him squirm and be paranoid was a whole lot better than physically attacking him again. I also just did not trust myself if I let myself get that upset again. I needed the anger to disperse and at the time this is the only option I felt was going to work for me. Give him a taste of the same anxiety he had been giving me. Most of my anger did not come from his infidelity but from all the things that I had let him manipulate me into doing the last few months before I found this phone. See, when I caught him cheating the first time and after the initial anger had diminished, I had done what most women do after an affair. I had blamed myself. I had felt that maybe I wasn't pleasing him enough in the bedroom and that's why he had to look for outside sources. So I had started to ask him about what his fantasies were and we had started to role play and introduce toys. I will admit that this made me realize how much I love this part of myself. I had never explored my sexuality in this way. However, he still was not pleased with this and had been pressuring me for a threesome. But not the traditional female-female-male threesome, but a male-male-female threesome. He wanted to watch me have sex with another man. 
This was shocking to me because he was so jealous and possessive that, God forbid, I laughed at something the bartender said while we were at a bar. It will cause a fight as soon as we got into the car. Also, I was offended. In my mind, no man wants to watch a woman he plans to marry being touched by someone else. However, I was insecure that the reason he had cheated on me with that hooker was because I was not exciting enough. That I allowed him to create a profile for us on a website called Adult Friend Finder. He was the only one with the password and he will make us go on it every night and start conversations with men that were searching for a couple. I was so uncomfortable with this and bothered that my face was on this website, but he only seemed to care of himself and fulfilling this fantasy. The farthest we ever got to meeting with a man was setting up an actual time and place to just talk and get to know each other, just to see if we vibed with him. However, the day that we were supposed to meet, I had told my mom that I wasn't feeling well and that I did not want to go out, so that I was going to call her on speakerphone and ask her to watch my daughter, and that I wanted her to say that she had plans that night and couldn't. That way, he wouldn't get upset at me for not wanting to go. It's crazy to me now that I did not know how to just say no. The profile on the website should have never happened. I should have been able to put my foot down. However, these are the things that you learn as you grow with experience. And as I mentioned on my first podcast, women are raised to be people pleasers and say yes. Eventually, he stopped putting an emphasis on the website and at some point decided that we should go to Swingers Club instead. I did not even know that this existed until he had mentioned it to me. So one night after having been drinking at a local bar in Murray Hill, he proposes going to a place called Le Trapeze. That was a swingers club located right off Madison Avenue in the area. I was so upset about this, but was trying not to be such a prude. So I reluctantly said yes. Le Trapeze had a small sign outside. You would have missed it if you were just walking down the street. They charge 120 per couple at the door. Upon entering, you were escorted to a locker room and instructed to take off your clothes. You had two options, to either be stripped down to your underwear or to wear a towel, which they provided. I obviously wore a towel. All belongings would then be locked. You weren't allowed to take anything with you. After that, you were free to explore. There was a bar area where the liquor was included, as well as a buffet with snacks. This room had couches and a DJ playing music. It was wild to me to see so many people walking around in lingerie. I even felt overdressed because almost no one had a towel on. It was mostly white people in their late 30s to 50s, which to me at the time was so old. I was like 25. However, this was the most chilled and PG-13 room in the whole club. As we kept exploring, we came across different small rooms that had sex swings, couches. The floor was covered in mattresses. They had accessories on the tables like lube, condoms, whips, paddles, and toys. And there were people having sex everywhere. Some were just a couple. Some were engaging in threesomes. And there was this one huge room, the biggest one of them all. The walls were covered in mirrors. The floor was one huge mattress. And there were orgies happening all over the room. This had become too much for me, and we had to leave. Eventually, he convinced me to go back a few times within the next few weeks and kept urging me to oblige him in engaging in a threesome. I never did. That's when I had put my foot down. When it came to the reality of it, there was no way that it made sense in my head to do that when he was so crazy possessive on a regular basis to the point that I couldn't even go to dinners with my cousins if he wasn't with me. Eventually, he had given up on trying to get me to participate in that with him. I had also started to question his sexuality. Like, why did he want it to be a man? He would say that it was because I was jealous and would not allow him to sleep with another woman, 
but he had never even brought that up as an option. One night, I had fallen asleep on the couch while we watched the movie, and I had woken up to him watching gay porn. Just two men doing all sorts of wild stuff, and he was clearly turned on. Then it all made sense. Maybe he was bisexual. There's nothing wrong with that. I love the LGBTQ community. There was a period in my life where I was so over men hitting on me that I went a whole six months hanging out only at gay clubs in the city and had a huge group of friends from the LGBTQ community. I just wish he would have been honest. Anyways, this was the reason why I was so angry when I found him still reaching out to hookers, even though I had sacrificed myself in so many of those situations because I thought I was the one that was lacking in the sex department. So going back to my story of how I decided to torture him a bit. For the weeks that followed after finding the cell phone, I will take a picture from these several women's back page profiles, changed the color to just black and white, and wrote a quote over the image and uploaded it to my Instagram page. The first one that I did, which had been the woman he responded to with here, I had written, We all have secrets. Just remember that all wrongdoings always come to light. This was the one that caused the most reaction from him. He had immediately called me upon seeing it to ask me why I had uploaded that, and I had been learning to lie just as good as him. I responded back very nonchalantly. I'm just doing what I've been doing for the last few weeks, honey. What do you mean? He kept saying how it was weird that where did I get that picture from, and I had simply said Pinterest. I could tell he did not believe me. However, he wasn't going to be able to tell me I was lying without having to explain why he knew I was lying. I could sense he was so bothered and uncomfortable when we would be hanging out in person. All of a sudden, he was interested in my Pinterest account. I continued to do this over the course of a few weeks. Each time, he was becoming more on edge, kept asking questions, and was visibly upset about every single post. I would be lying if I did not admit that I enjoyed watching him freak out. He wasn't that stupid. He knew something was up, but had no idea what or how I was getting these pics from. I had noticed him looking at my history one night on my laptop, but I was way ahead of him and would erase my history along with the original pics off my phone and computer, no evidence left behind. It wasn't until maybe two months later where we were arguing and he had the nerve to tell me that I had no right not to trust him, that after the first incident he had been nothing but perfect with me. Now this was a lie that I could not let him slide with and all hell broke loose. He had ran down to my mother's apartment to tell her to come upstairs and calm me down because I was going crazy and had thrown a computer tower in his direction. Of course, such a coward, needing to get back up instead of just admitting that I was right and then putting my mom in the middle of this. We broke up after that for a while, eventually coming back together because I was not smart enough to heal properly and would give in to his persistence and many, many luxurious gifts. Fast forward to my next relationship after that, I was dating someone eight years younger than me, and he was absolutely amazing from the very beginning. I was skeptical about his age, but he carried himself in such a professional way. He was very well-mannered, a true alpha male in the ways he planned every date, always took charge and cooked for me. He had fallen in love with me way before I had fallen for him, and we had gone from zero to a hundred real quick. He introduced me to his parents within the first month of dating, and by the third month, I had attended a few weddings, and we had even traveled to D.C. to meet his cousins there as well. Things were blissful until they weren't, and I quickly found myself with someone that was just as possessive and jealous as the ex before him. Toxicity is contagious, and I had become the same way with him. We had fallen into a routine where I always slept over his apartment every single night. However, he has started saying that we spent too much time together and that he wanted to have a few boys' nights a week. 
We have planned for that Friday. He will go out with his friends and I will go out with mine. And then I will meet him at his apartment afterwards. That night around 3 a.m., my friends had called it a night and I had tried calling him a few times to see what his ETA was. The calls were going to voicemail and my iMessages were turning green. I assumed that his phone had died and I proceeded to drive to his place to just wait for him there. I did not want to wait in my car, so I had decided to go upstairs and wait at the terrace. He lived on the penthouse floor of the building and the two apartments on this floor were the only ones that had access to the terrace that had an amazing view of the New York City skyline along with chairs, tables, and a grill. I did not have the key to his apartment, but I did have the key to the elevator that gave me access to the penthouse floor. He had been tired of coming down to get me every single day. I came to visit him and had just gave me a copy of the key. I was enjoying my time on the terrace, just scrolling on Instagram while I waited when I heard voices. The door that opened into the terrace was made out of glass and was located right across from the elevators. I figured it was the neighbors and continued to be on my phone. However, eventually I saw my boyfriend pressing the elevator door in his pajamas with another girl next to him that was wearing his slippers and holding her heels in her hand. This was no friend or cousin of his that I had met before. My reaction to the situation was not graceful. It was completely unexpected and caught me off guard. I did not even suspect him of cheating. We also had a very open relationship and had the passwords to each other's phone. His reaction, though, was not apologetic in the least. And that's a story that I'll let you guys read when I release my book called Table for One. That was the end of that relationship, and I'm happy to say that I at least did not take him back at any moment. We did meet again a few months later and spoke a bit about the situation, more for closure on each other's parts than for reconciliation. After this, I assisted a few of my friends in helping them catch their partners cheating. I have a car, and it is just easier and faster to drive to places than to worry about taking a train. I was always supportive and never hesitated to say yes. There was even this one time that my coworker I bartended with had been anxious and upset because she felt her boyfriend was up to no good. So she asked me if I could drive her after work to his apartment in Brooklyn. I was tired. It was 5 a.m. and I had been on my feet all night. However, I remember what it felt like to feel that way and part of me missed the excitement of it. So I said yes. We drove to Brooklyn and he lived on the first floor of the small three-floor building. Like most buildings in Brooklyn... The building had stoops, and therefore the first floor window was elevated from the ground. I will say that the type of friend that I am is all in. I had to lift her up and hold her up by her legs so that she can look into the window of her boyfriend's bedroom, which, to her convenience, was the window facing the streets. Sure enough, he was in full action. The man did not even have the window blinds down. She obviously reacted as any woman would and had ran up the stoops and started knocking on the door. He came out and, like most men, had started to call her crazy and would not let her in. I waited nearby quietly in case she needed my assistance. Eventually, the arguing stopped and we drove home. That was one of many incidents that followed with other friends. There was one incident in 2021 in which I found out that I was the mistress. I had been dating this drop-dead gorgeous Dominican fitness trainer that arguably had the best physique of all the guys I've ever dated. I used to call him Dulce de Leche because he was just that delicious to look at. We had been dating for about three months 
and we had a routine. I would come over to his place about three times a week. This man was always in constant communication. I slept over often and would even sometimes attend my online classes from his apartment. He was a bit possessive and would argue with me when I wouldn't text him back fast enough or if I went a few hours without returning his calls. He would even leave me in his apartment if he had to go train someone at the gym and then come back to be with me. In my head, I was the only one. However, one morning, he is getting ready to go to work, and he's in the shower. He's playing music via Alexa from his phone. His phone was on the table next to me. All of a sudden, the music stops, and Alexa starts to announce that Alicia was calling. Alicia could have been anyone, so at first I didn't think anything of it. We had reached a level in our relationship where we had expressed deep emotional feelings for one another. I assumed that Alicia was a client. However, the way he appeared so fast in the living room, still full of soap, automatically let me know that Alicia was not a client or a friend or a relative. I told him that if he picked up that call, I would start making loud sex noises. He stood there looking at me completely naked and full of soap, and Alexa just kept announcing that Alicia was calling. Alicia had called like three times. Eventually, he went back in the shower, dressed, and told me he would explain and stepped outside to call Alicia. By the time he came back, I had already gone to his followers on Instagram and had found Alicia's page. She was absolutely gorgeous and also Dominican. I realized then that men will cheat on anybody, even when having a flawless-looking woman by their side. He gave me some muela, is a Dominican term for bullshit, about them being in the middle of a court proceeding and that he was waiting for the case to be dismissed in order to leave that relationship. He told me that he liked me so much and just wanted to be with me. In the moment, I believed it. I gave him the benefit of the doubt, especially given the fact that we saw each other so often that I didn't think he had time to have a full-fledged relationship on the side. However, when the court date came and the case was dismissed, he did not leave her, and so I left him. I took the high road on this one, and I never contacted Alicia to tell her about him cheating. I've been her before, and I know that she would have stayed with him anyways. I decided it was not my business. I'm going to wrap up this episode with one last incident that happened to me in my latest relationship that ended in the beginning of this year. My ex was an idiot and got caught often talking to girls inappropriately via DM and messages. Oftentimes, I will wait till he got drunk enough and will pass out, take his phone and change the password to his Instagram account while logging back in on my phone as well as on his. So to his knowledge, he had not been signed out. I once even did this to his iPhone and logged onto his Apple ID on my iPad. I would like to think that now I'm at a place in my life that if I ever feel the need to do this with a man, that I would just leave and walk away. I wasn't doing this out of nowhere. I have been giving reasons to do this by him. And the problem that gets most us women stuck in these situations is that they always say, you're crazy, where is the proof? Making it our mission, or in this case, my mission, to find the proof. It is not a proud moment, but I was determined to prove him wrong. So that's how I caught him talking to several females. He would just simply delete the messages before meeting up with me every day. And he would even tell these females that I was coming and he will talk to them tomorrow. Females these days truly do not care if the man is in a relationship. However, it is not their place to care, which is something that I learned in this relationship. The man is supposed to have the respect for you, the loyalty to you, and to not be doing these things from the beginning. However, the time in which I physically caught him in the act was very similar to the second story I said earlier in this podcast. He had been out with his cousins and I had been out with my sister that was visiting. I had called him around 4 a.m. and he had picked up but had quickly hung up the call. I called him back several times and there was no answer. My sister had fallen asleep and that feeling in my stomach was killing me. 
I did not trust him at all. So I had called my garage to have them take out my car. I drove to his apartment in Queens. I also had the keys to his place. The second the elevator opened up on his floor, I could hear the voices from inside the apartment. There were two distinct female voices and a few male voices. He had music playing as well. This guy was having a full party. I stood right outside of his door for like 10 minutes trying to rationalize with myself that this was not worth it to save my dignity and go home. How crazy do I look knocking on the door or opening it? Clearly he was up to no good. There was no reason to stay in this relationship with all the disrespect and mistreatment he had already put me through. However, as soon as I made the decision to go home, I started to hear moaning. At that moment, that flip switched and I just walked in. His apartment door opens up to a short hallway that faces the living room, the kitchen being to the right, the bathroom to the left, and his bedroom door a bit more down the hallway closer to the living room. I did not expect to see what I saw. The two girls were naked on the couch, and him and his two cousins were engaging in sexual activity with them. I was so shocked that I didn't even have a chance to react. He had quickly ran into his bedroom, and one of the naked girls had come at me to attack me. His cousin was the one that did his best to keep her from me. I have never had a fight in my life. I am not a street girl by any means. My mom raised me with a lot of class, even though I grew up in the hood of Washington Heights. However, I've taken many boxing classes and always assumed that if presented with a situation, I would know what to do. But this was not the situation in which I thought that I would be having a fight. The way a normal female would have reacted if she is naked and caught in a sexual act is to become shy and try to cover herself up. But this girl came straight at me, and thanks to one of his cousins, I didn't get beat up the way I probably would have. My coward of an ex was hiding in his bedroom, definitely showing the power I had that he was too scared to face me. Eventually, he did come out. After the girl had landed a punch in my face that I had to cover up with makeup for two months following that incident, that sealed the nail in the coffin for the end of that vicious cycle. What's the point of these stories? Well, entertainment, of course, but also just a few tips. If you're in a relationship and plan on cheating or are cheating, at least be smart enough to hide it properly and don't get yourself caught in these stupid ways. If you own a business, don't take your mistress there. If you have your own place, don't cheat there either. Whether you have given your keys to your partner or not, they know where you live and can just wait outside if they feel you're doing something messed up. Also, if you give your keys to your partner, expect them to have made four copies. So even if they give it back to you at some point, just change the locks. Don't use your real number to cheat. Be smart and download a fake texting app. You can delete iMessages on your phone, but they will show up on your MacBook, Apple Watch, or iPad as well. Don't try to cheat using Instagram. Especially if you have pictures on your profile with your girlfriend, don't give your mistress your Instagram if things go south. Now she has an advantage to find out who your girl or wife is. And trust me, fellas, there's nothing worse than a scorned woman, even if she was aware and was with the shits when you guys started. Just be smart and get a hotel room and find another way to communicate. I cheated back on this last ex towards the end of our relationship, and if he ever comes across this podcast, this will be the first time he hears of it. After all the stuff he put me through, there was no way in hell that I wasn't going to get my lick back. It's the thing that I regretted the most from that relationship of nine years, how I just remained a faithful idiot while he did his dirt nonstop. I'm a Scorpio at the end of the day, and life has taught me to be no fool. While we were together, he would degrade me and tell me that no one would want me or want to sleep with me. So I did that to get back at him and for myself. However, not one time did he suspect me. Skills. It wasn't the right thing to do, but neither was all the things he did to me. So I guess we are a quarter of the way even. That concludes this episode. I'm Paris in New York City, and thank you for listening. Bye!